Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Liz Barheit. Liz is the CFO of Directive Consulting, a SaaS-specific performance marketing agency and the founder of She Speaks Numbers, a coaching and consulting firm that empowers finance and accounting professionals to drive change, inspire action, and elevate their message through strategic storytelling and effective communication. Liz holds her master's in accounting and a BS in finance, both from Wake Forest University. With over 15 years of experience in corporate finance, she's led many executive teams to increase their financial confidence, business acumen, and financial literacy. Her ability to break down strategic corporate finance into simple, digestible, and actionable steps has enabled many of these companies to grow profitably, scale rapidly, and successfully exit. Liz is a certified management accountant, as well as an inactive certified public accountant. Liz, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. Yeah. So when we think about storytelling, we often think about made up stories and not accounting, but storytelling can play a role in the world of finance and accounting too. Storytelling can be critical in giving context and meaning to the numbers and facts that finance and accounting professionals work with every day. But it's not something many of us think about, let alone practice. So Liz, I'm looking forward to your experience and your advice on how to become a better storyteller. Let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your career progression and how you got to where you are today. My path to CFO was definitely not your very typical straight-lined path that one may typically take. It started out pretty typical. I um, did the five-years master's program when I was in college for accounting and finance. I then obtained my CPA kind of as part of the program, and then it just funnels you right into big four public accounting at EMI. And so it started out very traditional. However, a couple years in, I just started to begin looking for something a little more fulfilling. Um, I really did have a creative aspect that I've always had, and I wanted something that that felt like I could fulfill that creative energy. So a few years later, I um, left the corporate world entirely to become an entrepreneur, and I was trying to build a cookie company. turned out to be a place where I could like really exercise my creativity as well as apply some of the business knowledge that I had picked up, and I also had a ridiculous sweet tooth, so it was a win-win. You know, the cookie company saw some local success, but after about five years or so working 20 hours days and just baking nonstop, we did decide it was time to shut the doors. And I entered back into the corporate world and I found myself back in accounting again through consulting. But after, you know, being back in accounting after that entrepreneurial experience and being really knee deep in business, it really gave me a whole new perspective on the value of having a really strong finance and accounting function within business. And I kind of had this like mindset shift where as opposed to being a finance person working within the confines of a business, I really began to see myself as like more of a business person working from the perspective of finance and realized what a tremendous and huge value having that perspective 
is to any business. And I was actually really able to start honing and developing this skill of applying this more creative and strategic bent to financial reporting when one of my consulting clients, I had been consulting for a few years after shutting down the company, recruited me to come in-house as they were just rapidly growing and really needing to build out internally their finance and accounting function from nothing. So I came in to really build an entire department from nothing. And I spent not only a lot of time, obviously building, you know, strong accounting processes, internal controls and building out an actual team. But I also spent a lot of time educating the management and leadership teams on just, you know, strategic value of having this like internal now strong financial department, um, applying some business acumen as well as financial literacy to the management team and how critical of a skill that would be for them as we were scaling and growing and really trying to do some really big things. So um, that was where I really was able to kind of incorporate this financial storytelling piece that I just really enjoy now into just a traditional accounting and financial um, function. So eventually the founders exited that business. We were acquired by a PE-backed platform company. Post-acquisition, I stayed on for about eight months to just support the integration. And then eventually I did transition off. I uh, took a little time. And then a few months later, an advisor that we had used at that startup called me up to bring me in to help another rapidly growing company kind of do the same thing that we just did. And, and that's how I landed here at Directive as their CFO. Wow, what a great story. I, I always find like it's so interesting that you know, as you move throughout your career, your network is what opens so many doors for you. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I always kind of say that too, with like most of my moves have been very organic. There's only a few far in between where it's been more, you know, me pushing and, and very intentional. Most of them have been pulled where an opportunity kind of opened up and, you know, I walked through it. So that works 100%. So are there any particular stories or moves that stand out in your mind as turning points throughout your career? Yeah. Um, Kind of what I was just talking about at that, that one startup, that's where I definitely think was a big turning point because I had that mindset shift and I really started enjoying the strategic aspect of business and really trying to level up my business acumen. And not only that, but really improving and working on communication and leadership, all those soft skills that you just don't really learn when you're taking your accounting one-on-one classes and all yeah. the technical aspects, you know, that's really part of what what builds really great leaders is, you know, have some of those soft skills. And so that is where I was able to practice and, and work through that. That's also where I started just really trying to create financial presentations that engaged and compelled action and wanting to kind of, you know, come outside of the box that is typically thought of in a finance presentation that can be a little dry, can be a little dull, and just wanting to make that more engaging. We also had a pretty strong culture of financial transparency. It was definitely something that we wanted to push, but we also felt that if we were going to, you know, really incorporate financial transparency and share numbers with the entire organization, we wanted to couple that with good um, education and literacy. So they actually knew what the numbers meant and they knew like the stories behind the numbers. So, you know, I spent a lot of time doing both, like not just sharing, but then also educating on what that actually means so that it, it wasn't, you know, sharing numbers that nobody understood and, and took in a different context than what they actually meant. 
Yeah, I, I feel like like maybe two decades ago, finance and accounting was so siloed, um, and today it's becoming more and more more and more important that it's not uh, just a siloed function, and that you know finance and accountants can speak uh, you know the language of the rest of the business. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, what does your current organization do? So Directive is a performance marketing agency. We very specifically serve SaaS companies. Um, We actually have a mission to help over 15,000 SaaS marketers be better marketers, um, drive growth, and just, you know, generate better return on their marketing dollars. So we actually spend a lot of time and energy and money being like thought leaders in this space and educating those that are in the SaaS marketing space, as well as just serving SaaS companies as their marketing agency to run any sort of paid performance they have going on digitally. And tell me about your experience and how it plays into your journey as an accountant. In other words, the external or internal influence with influences or, or maybe both and how they've impacted you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think we are just kind of talking about this, um, Mm -hmm. where like most of the doors that I've walked through in my career have opened organically with, you know, a few exceptions here and there. So basically just meaning, you know, when an opportunity is presented, just my my more inclination is to say yes and you know we'll figure it out when we do there I'm but definitely more of a risk taker in that aspect there's certain things I don't take risks on but in like the ability to like oh I'm always up for the challenge has kind of been you know my nature so you know I can't say that everything I've ever said yes to has ended up swimmingly but I do think each of those experiences had has led me to just having a very vast you know, knowledge of experience. I've had different opportunities. I've seen a lot of things. I've tackled a lot of challenges. And through each of those, obviously have resulted in growth and learnings. Um, And so, you know, I think, I can't remember exactly what study it was, and maybe we'll have to look it up after this, but there's all these like problem solving and, and being able to think more creatively and thinking outside of the box where they've you know, come up with the conclusion that the more diversified your experiences or even the more diversified, like the people that are providing input in. So if you're having like a brainstorming session, having people from diversified backgrounds and having different perspectives, right? Like it just creates a much more productive and and fruitful, like problem solving. So I really think because like, if you look at, right, my path, it's been kind of all over the place. There's like internal audit, there's public accounting, there's corporate finance, there's, you know, controller accounting, entrepreneurship, you know, it's been kind of um, not a straight line. And yet I do believe a lot of those experiences has been just valuable learning lessons. Yeah. So what does it mean to you to be a storyteller when it comes to finance and accounting? Oh, yes. I love storytelling. (laughs) Um, So what that means to me is if you are using stories to tell numbers or share financials, you're communicating numbers or financials or data really in a way that makes it easy for people to listen to. 
people actually understand your point, like what your message actually is. And then in turn, when they hear your story, want to take some sort of action. So basically, you know, you're, you're creating this shift from just sharing information and sharing awareness and, you know, making people aware of what's happening to actually compelling action. So, you know, I believe when you're able to kind of weave the storytelling into the numbers, you just make it easy for people to connect. And then the, the numbers actually have meaning and, and drive, you know, value to help companies move forward. Yeah. Um, I, when I was researching this topic, I, I came across a study and I can't remember it exactly, but it was um, something along the lines of like people can remember a story like 80% of the time or, or something like that. Whereas a fact, you know, maybe they might remember one out of 10 facts that you presents. Yes. Um, yes. I think it's like 22 times more too. They remember that and it sticks with them than a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when presented with financial information, how do you go about finding the story behind the numbers? Um, so yeah, finding the stories behind the numbers, I think requires a lot of, of listening and asking a lot of questions. So I typically go through a lot, like a list of questions I just have when I'm looking at numbers to try and understand exactly what's happening. And, you know, these are questions like what's exciting or what's scary, what's something that you can see looking at these numbers that maybe is not widely known across the organization or especially, you know, when you're trying to align the stories that you share in the financial data you're presenting with the vision or the mission of the company, you're looking for the things that may not align. You know, if you're seeing something trend in a way that is taking us further from the goals we're trying to achieve, those are the stories that you're trying to look for. Um, so it definitely starts with asking a lot of questions. But I also think the first place too to start is you kind of have to get out behind your spreadsheets and get out and start having conversations and engaging with others within the organization that work in different functions. Um, and it definitely may feel uncomfortable. I know you and I were just talking about being accountants and how, you know, getting out and having to tell stories is probably not our most favorite thing to do, but it definitely helps you have more context when you're looking at the numbers to look at them through like a more strategic lens because you can just start to understand like what's really happening. So right after ENY, I had worked for a nonprofit in DC as an internal auditor. And the internal audit function for this nonprofit wasn't your standard like internal audit of internal controls or operations, but we were actually auditing contributors of the fund that we were managing. And when we first began auditing our fund, the contribution numbers had been declining year over year. And a lot of the stories that were told internally within the organization, like this is just kind of part of the natural contribution cycle and, you know, nothing to, to really do about it. However, as we began our audits and we got out into the field and we started actually talking to the contributors, a really different story actually emerged. And it just turned out that the rules were so complicated that they didn't even understand how they were supposed to be contributing and had been under contributing because they were just too complicated for them to understand what to contribute, which was like so different than what was told. And so like, had we never gone out, had we never like started engaging and having conversations, we never really would have been able to put the right story with the numbers. 
Yeah, that story definitely emphasizes the importance of, of getting out and, and speaking to, to other departments. Yeah, and it's like you just said, like we can't operate in our silos anymore. You know, yep. I think the more a finance department can be a part of operations and understand, you know, how the business is functioning, just the better we'll be able to play in our roles. So similarly, how do you translate complex data, um, like you just mentioned, into easy to understand concepts for finance or for non-finance professionals? So I think a, a great storytelling technique, and it's not your traditional stories of, you know, beginning, middle, end, or big hero conflict type stories, is really the use of analogies. And it's, you know, the ability to, to take a complex or complicated concept and think through it in a way that is just much more relatable. I'm, I'm sure we've all been in situations where someone's trying to explain something to us and then they share it in the term of analogy and it just clicks and you're like, oh, I get it. You know, the, those analogies just make things so much more relatable. And what we're really trying to do when we're using stories is help people connect, help people like just you know, feel something with what we're saying. And part of that is that like understanding and the relatability. Um, so I definitely think it's one of the skill sets that if we are presenting financials, especially, you know, any sort of more complicated financial pieces, trying to think through that in the terms of an analogy um, is really, really helpful. I have an example too. Sure. Um, so one thing I was thinking of when, when I was thinking of analogies is, you know, when I was presenting financials for the entire company, so, you know, at a very high level, majority are non-finance people, but, you know, like I said, we wanted financial transparency, and so we wanted, you know, to make sure we were sharing these, you know, I used analogies a lot, and there's one analogy I specifically remember because I got a lot of feedback about it, and that a lot of the department managers would then use that same analogy when they had to motivate their teams or talk about the goals or the metrics that they were trying to shoot, and we were talking about customer retention and how important it was for our company to focus on retention. You know, we had a recurring revenue business model, so that retention piece was critical to our success. And I used the analogy of throwing a house party and I put it on my deck and I had it like music playing with this big house party. And we just kind of talked about how, you know, if you're trying to throw this great big house party, but as many people are coming through the front door, just as many people are sneaking out through the back door, like your party is never going to grow. And it's not like customer retention is this incredibly complex term that you can't understand, but even just using that analogy just made it more memorable, right? Like people remembered that and then they could remember like, this is a goal of ours. We nearly need to focus on it. So yeah, analogies yeah. I think are so powerful. Definitely. That's great advice. Um, and I know we've touched on this a bit with stories being more meaningful and memorable, but why do you think storytelling is a useful or crucial skill when it comes to finance and accounting? Yes, especially for this field and for this industry, I think the rise of data automation and AI, the, some of the hard and technical skills of a finance and accounting professional just, just won't be sufficient enough to be relevant. I think just the more technology becomes a part of our everyday lives. And, you know, at a certain point in our career, those hard skills just no longer keep you moving forward. And we kind of talked about it. It's really those soft skills that are really required for you to continue to drive value, continue to even communicate your own worth and, you know, your 
your place in any organization. So I think stories can really help with that. Um, so, and I, I also think, you know, it's not something that's necessarily expected of a finance and accounting professional, and it's definitely not required in our roles, but I don't know how long it will stay that way. I mean, I really think that, you know, the more we're able to kind of communicate what the numbers actually mean to move businesses forward is kind of where this this function in this field is kind of taking. So yeah, yeah. definitely it's um, important, I think, especially when you think about how much time you spend, you know, putting together numbers, analyzing numbers, and then we're spending time communicating them. Like why not communicate them in a way that actually impacts behavior. Yeah, I mean, even when you look at technology these days, it's all kind of leading us towards a path of being a, a storyteller. Yeah, and that's how we connect, right? I mean, I think it's so interesting because COVID's obviously drawn this out so much more where people really crave connection and stories really help you connect to people and feel just closer, so yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and so storytelling is, it's often considered a creative skill. And as we've touched on, many accountants might not relate to being creative or wanting to put themselves out there in that way. So what skills do we need to develop or hone? So yeah, kind of like we talked about with listening, which I think accountants probably are really good at, um, and getting out there having conversations, listening for the stories, um, being intentional when you hear one to like pick up on, oh, I just heard a story. Like that's a, that's a good one. Um, so part of that also is I think, you know, I, I recommend starting a story vault, which is could be an Evernote um, or a note app, wherever you feel comfortable just jotting something down whenever you hear a story or something just resonates with you or you think it has a good point. Like that's a great and simple and easy way for you to start to develop this skill because before you know it, you'll have, you know, created this habit of recognizing and seeing and listening for stories. And the more you do that, you start to see like they're everywhere every day you probably encounter, you know, multiple stories. And now you're just creating that habit of recognizing it. And then you also are creating, you know, a little back pocket of stories so that when a situation comes up where a story could be really impactful, really meaningful for you to share and exercise your voice, you already have this really great resource and vault of just stories that you've collected to bring up. Um, Paul Smith, he's like a storytelling trainer. He uh, has worked with tons of businesses and building leaders to just tell better stories. But he actually had this challenge where he said he gave himself like 30 minutes every day at the end of the day to just write down like three stories that he saw that day. And that's just a great little habit that you can start creating because, yeah, the more you're starting to recognize them, the more you're able to start to use them. And then I would say, you know, definitely start small. I think storytelling is a, is a skill that can be really intimidating, but even if it's in your next meeting or in your next presentation, looking for that opportunity to just share a quick, relevant story, um, the more you start to do that and the more you, you know, raise your hand to share here, just the easier it becomes. It's absolutely a muscle. And the more we practice it, the easier it gets. And, and what about those people that might say, oh, I'm too shy or too much of an introvert to, to actually be a good storyteller? 
would actually argue that you're a better storyteller because like we've been talking about, the biggest skill of storytelling is the listening piece and, you know, listening for the stories. And I think that's such a critical skill. And typically, if, you know, if you're an introvert, you're a really good listener. You're, you're good at observing and, you know, contextualizing things. And so I do think it's a common misconception that only extroverts tell good stories. Um, you know, maybe if the purpose of a story is to entertain or be funny, then sure, maybe extroverts have an advantage there. But when, you know, we're talking about these strategic financial stories, we're not telling them for entertainment purposes. You know, we're telling them for a purpose. We either want to drive change or communicate strategy or inspire vision. Um, and so extra introverts are actually like more contextual. They're more deliberate. They're very intentional. And, and I do think that's actually a quality that would make you a better storyteller, especially in this context, because you can be incredibly purposeful for when you're sharing stories. Yeah, that's great points. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, introverts are great listeners and very good at observing things that are going on around them. Yeah. Um, so are there any tools or technologies that you've implemented to help translate financials into pictures or stories? Yeah, you know, in a lot of my um, prior organizations, we, we definitely use a lot of dashboards. Mm -hmm. We use a tool called Clipfolio because it's so simple, but any, you know, Depth of Insights, Tableau, any of those data visualization tools, I think yeah. are really helpful. I think the default is to just throw a ton of stuff up there. So obviously, you know, part of that is, is creating a skill of ensuring what you're sharing is relevant and meaningful and people know what to do with it. But dashboarding, I think, is incredibly powerful to have it shared across an organization, especially as real time as you can get it, because it definitely keeps, you know, the goals and the metrics and what everybody's, you know, working towards front and center. Um, and then, you know, I think one thing that I, I try to share when I work with, you know, finance and accounting professionals that are trying to hone this skill is I think something that happens for a lot of us when we go to craft our financial presentations by default, we'll kind of pull up prior periods deck and we'll just start updating those numbers. And something that I would just always typically challenge is to not start your presentations that way, but to actually think through first, you know, what's the message I want to share? What's the purpose of sharing these numbers? And what is my goal for even having this presentation? And when you can think through those first, then you can craft a much better presentation that has more meaning than if you're just kind of going through the motions of updating prior periods numbers. Definitely. That is some great advice. And then lastly, so as we start off 2021, what's one goal, either personal or professionally, that you're hoping to achieve this year? Yeah, so... You know, 2020 is over. I'm very excited yeah. that 2020 is over. So, you know, one goal that I do have personally um, is, you know, something I think that kind of got, that happened because of, you know, 2020 was just, and you can see a lot of the statistics around, you know, female leaders, especially moms in the workplace is really disheartening. So one of the goals I have is just to kind of build better community for female finance leaders and, you know, making sure that we're supporting each other. So just building my network, building relationships there um, is what I have for my personal goal. But professionally, you know, directive, we've got some really strong, aggressive growth goals this year, especially coming out of 2020. We ended up doing a lot of changes prior year, some COVID related, some not, but it was really trying to position us really well for strong growth this year. So, you know, they're definitely aggressive and they will take a lot of that collaborative execution from multiple aspects of the team. So one thing that is really cool about it is that, you know, 
me sitting in the finance seat and having the finance perspective, I get to ensure that all of our efforts are aligned and we're all moving towards our common goal. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. And yeah, I mean, I guess if anything good came out of 2020, it's that we made some changes that will put us in a better position for the future. Yes, 100%. Yeah, it definitely just accelerated probably things that needed to be addressed eventually. So, yeah. Liz, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed speaking with you and getting your perspective on how we can become better storytellers and add more value to our organizations. Um, To all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as well. And please tune in next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personif. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personif can do for you by visiting personif.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personif. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personif.com. Thanks for listening.